You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for what is your Locked On Browns pregame show ahead of Game 5, Sunday afternoon affair, Indianapolis Colts coming in to Cleveland. Three and one teams should be a good one. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, um, as you guys know, uh, the pregame shows, postgame shows, we have uh, Pete Smith from SI Along for the Ride, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Today's Lockdown Browns pregame show is brought to you by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. So, like I said, we are rolling into week five. Um, And as far as where the Browns are at right now, feeling good about themselves at 3-1. and one. Colts probably in a similar situation at 3-1. and one. Um, Their biggest test in the AFC South is just an absolute stinking mess right now. The Tennessee Titans, of course, that's a different story for a different day. And I'm just going to start with this. Um, the amount of, you know, misbehaving badly by the Tennessee Titans in the NFL, just seeming to just try to coddle them through the situation. Doesn't fly with me, but that's certainly something we can get to at another time. Uh, Pete, we'll start here, you know, Cleveland offense versus the Colts defense. Um, and first things first, you know, you and I, we we love our trench play, and you know, as far as you know, the key to it and making everything work on the offense and the defensive side of the ball, I think this is a case where you know this is probably the strongest aspect of both these franchises, and you know there'll be some other factors here, uh, you know, playing out as far as how the Browns' offense can do, you know, versus this Colts' defense. Um, starting with Pete, probably one of your favorite individual players in the NFL, in DeForest Bunker. He's good. I, I wish we had him. Um, so he, he I, I still don't understand why the 49ers traded him. Um, he has completely transformed this Colts defense. Uh, he represents a problem for so many quarterbacks because he brings interior pressure and then he's six seven so when he reaches out he's always a threat to knock down passes but he's just a, he's a game wrecker and he's in the conversation for defensive player of the year just like miles garrett is and if they they have to be able to find a way to deal with him uh and that's you know not just well, Wyatt Teller is going to block him it's going to be a combination of things to to try to keep him off balance to try to get him uh, out of the way to try to keep him guessing in terms of what the Browns are, are doing. So he's, he's sort of the, the deal. The problem is the, the buck, uh, the uh, Colts have a lot of good uh, players on defense. Even if, you know, the whole unit isn't strong, they do play pretty fundamental team defense for the most part. Uh, interesting group. And, you know, I, I would say, uh, you know, unlike the Browns, um, but, if, but injuries are going to tell a story a lot here. Um, if this team was out, is without Darius Leonard, uh, that can be a blow. Uh, their secondary, uh, Xavier Rhodes, seems a lot more comfortable in this scheme um, as far as being able to make plays and what he was doing um, with Minnesota. Um, you know, that's a nice pickup. You know, Justin Houston, um, still remember, Pete, you nailing this one a couple of years ago that Justin Houston would end up 
with the Indianapolis Colts, but it seems they are better as far as, you know, being a threat within each positional unit on the defensive side of the ball than the Browns defense may be. And that's where some issues could be, you know, for the Browns offense. But I, I have something where, you know, that we'll come to here in a second after, you know, you give your, you know, two cents on this, where should be something that somehow, some way, the Browns can find a way to overcome. Um, Xavier Rhodes is playing really, really well. Uh, he's a good run defender. Uh, he's obviously very big. He's almost 220 pounds. A lot of length. Um, yeah, he, you know, he he's a guy who likes to get hands on. He doesn't have a lot of quickness, but he has pretty good long speed. So if he can get hands on and sort of run with, he's he's in a pretty good spot. I I don't think the Browns need to be afraid of him necessarily. If Odell Beckham's over there, he just, uh, I think he presents a real problem for, for the, the style of play Xavier Rhodes has. Um, they play better team run defense than the Browns do. The Browns do. The Browns are very reliant on their defensive line to sort of do the work. Uh, and, and the Colts certainly want that to happen, but they're not as good across the board. So their linebackers aren't, even particularly uh, good other than uh, Darius Leonard. They're really designed to, to play the pass. So their safeties uh, are part of that run defense, and they they are engaged in that, whereas uh, the Browns are getting virtually nothing out of their safeties and linebackers. The 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 Colts are, are pretty sound uh, in coverage at the second level, and then their, their linebacker or their safeties get involved at the third level. So they – uh, you know, I don't think either of their safeties are particularly great, but they just do what they're supposed to for the most part. I do think they're a little bit vulnerable there. And if Leonard is out, um, they should have some opportunities at that level. But even if he's playing, I, I don't think, you know, the Browns are, are helpless there. So it, it's, you know, they they have a couple guys at each level that are are pretty sod and they have some guys they're sort of covering for, but the, the unit produces as a whole. Um, now, but Pete, you know, and we've talked about this, look at the defensive line, the offensive line, they have been key cogs for where this team is now at three and one for your Cleveland Browns. Um, but you look at this, you know, the Colts, yes, also three and one, uh, a loss to the Jaguars, a win over the Vikings, win over the Jets, a win over the Bears. Um, You've got a lot here invested in the skill position, guys. And look, you're losing Nick Chubb, it's a loss. I'm never going to downplay it any other way. But, you know, not very many NFL teams can take a player in the prime of his career who is a former NFL rushing leader who may have also followed that in his second year by being the total yards from scrimmage leader in the NFL. Odell, Jarvis, the money invested in Austin Hooper. You get uh, David Njoku back this week. You get a, a young player in Harrison Bryan who f- is finding a way to contribute for a fourth-round pick here. This may be one this week where, hey, the offensive line, it may not be their greatest showing of the season, but we got a lot of skill guys here, and this is where it differs from what the Colts are putting out there and trotting out there at skill positions. Um, guys, it, it can't all, always be on the offensive line to make this easy for everybody. You guys are a, a talented group between wide receiver, tight end, running back. Um, somebody's going to have to make a play here, make a play or two here, and we're going to start to have to maybe need this when you're playing this better competition 
better defenses, whether it's Indianapolis, whether it's Pittsburgh next week. You can't just rely on the offensive line to make it easy for everybody week in, week out. Playmakers got to make plays. Well, I think the offensive line and the running game has to has to take an approach sort of like they did against Washington where they they sort of have to, have to earn it. Uh, they have to improve, you know, they have to they have to improve over the course of the game, you know, find ways to win and and take advantage of vulnerabilities. Having said that, um, you know, th- this whole season thus far has been um relying on that running game, the offensive line to sort of allow the uh, passing game to sort of work at their own pace. And these next two weeks are seemingly where those, you know, that, that preparation has to come uh, through. Uh, obviously um, in the, against the Cowboys who are an awful defense, uh, you know, the end of the half, you saw some good stuff and, and there were some really nice plays throughout that game from Baker Mayfield and the receivers. Uh, but I think there's going to be more of, a challenge in terms of uh, finding ways to sort of make those things work and, and having to come up with big plays. So um, you, you, again, you're against a sound defense, but I think play action in particular can really become a problem for this team because again, their safeties are part of their run defense and their linebackers uh, can both sort of be frozen or moved off their spots uh, because they have to use them in their run defense and potentially exploit that to create some space for uh, Austin Hooper, uh, you know, Manujoku, Harrison Bryant in the middle field. But I also think, you know, if you're running sort of drag routes and and working across the, the field uh, that you can find some space for an Odell Beckham or, or Jarvis Landry or whoever, uh, where they may have some opportunities to run after the catch. But the most important thing is it should create some openings that they can exploit uh, just by virtue of the fact that they have to respect the Browns' run game. And, and I, I know all the time you hear about how, well, running the ball doesn't really affect play action. It affects personnel, and when you're running for over 200 yards per game, you can't just uh, – you have to to play it. You can't just uh, sit back and go, well, play action is going to work anyway. The Browns' success at it is going to force opponents to respect it and create bigger openings in play action. And I think there's some matchups they can exploit there um, where you you have three guys who are 240-plus pounds who are really you know uh, big, strong, and fast. And two of them are really exceptional athletes, and the other one's Harrison Bryant. So – you can get these opportunities to make plays. You can, <laughs> you can find ways to sort of uh, cause some problems. And, and as, as has been the case all season there, it's really hard to defend tight end two uh, or tight end three as the case may be uh, because you just don't have enough guys. Austin Hooper demands attention. Those receivers demand attention. And, and, you know, whether it was David Njoku in week one or some of the plays for Harrison Bryant where he's just wide open because they just you lose these guys because they're worried about everybody else. It's, you know, and look, I mean, the Colts have not seen firepower like this at the skill position. Um, and I'm not trying to get too excited here yet because, you know, I I, I respect this team. And I, you know, I, I, they play a style that's not probably 
normal for today's NFL. And this game certainly feels like it's going to have a late 80s, early 90s type of, you know, offense to it. Uh, I'm sorry, feel to it as far as, you know, both teams, you know, playing, you know, strong trench play. Um, and, you know, we'll see how it works out, you know, for the Browns with a team that's going to, you know, trot out a, a, a stronger defense. We'll see if the confidence of the last three weeks translate to where, hey, maybe it doesn't matter who we're playing. We feel really good about what we're doing. Um, we'll see if Odell Beckham was this maybe, you know, the beginning, you know, the stretch of, you know, and there's been times where L- Odell Beckham, it's it's been a month. It's been five weeks where he's just been an unstoppable force. And I think now him, you know, feeling a lot more confident after a week like last week and even his teammates. And, you know, obviously the Wyatt Teller segments on building the Browns were outstanding. Um, And if you just I mean, between, you know, the the quote yesterday of, you know, sometimes just being a prick is the best way to go about things. And then, you know, having him mic'd up and listening to everything from the Cowboy game. um, Just really, really hard not to love this dude. But, you know, about to probably face the biggest test of his NFL career. This week, uh, you know, J.C. Treader, Joe Batonio, they've seen players of this ilk before. But Wyatt Teller, you know, anytime you're going to be lined up from DeForest Muckner, uh, best be ready to go. Uh, strap it in. Make sure it's buckled up and make sure it's buckled up really, really hard. Segment two, you guys know the drill in these pregame shows. We'll flip it up. We'll talk about the Indianapolis Colts offense versus the Browns defense. Uh, Sheldrick Redwine with maybe a tweet that could mean something. We'll see how that plays out as we get to more here. On your pregame, Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd and Pete Smith. Help support your local businesses, whether they are your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. They remember your order and call you by name. They sponsor the youth sports teams, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, Local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you're there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. This football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through the game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generation of talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Now, Pete, uh, you know, Philip Rivers brought into the fold this year. Um, they, similar to the Browns, were looking to go with a two-headed running approach at the running back position. Lost Marlon Mack in, in week one, out for the season. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, not exactly the T.Y. Hilton that, you know, lit the lamp, you know, f- for years, not looking like that player anymore. And I believe it is 15 out of 16 last games, if I remember from the uh, the uh, crossover episode, where he has been under 100 yard receiving. Um, they don't. They have an emerging possible playmaker at tight end. You know, not to get guys from the days of old, the last couple of years where Eric Ebron was beating the daylights out of folks. Um, but they possess a strong offensive line. 
um, with Sheldon Richardson practicing today. Um, you know, we'll see where we're at with Larry Ogunjobi. Um, and for folks look in, in abdomen or, you know, that type of muscle for a guy like Larry Ogunjobi, who is so yoked up, it's a lot bigger deal than it is for your traditional fat 330 pound defensive tackle. So we'll see where we are at with Larry. We'll know more obviously tomorrow. You do get the extra day Saturday as the Browns do not have to travel for this game. But Pete, it's an interesting matchup. And my first thinking is, is, you know, do you start creeping some safeties up? I mean, look, Phillip Rivers certainly ain't what he used to be. Um, you're not, you shouldn't be this concerned about their skill group because they haven't shown, you know, that you have to give them that respect to this point. Is this one maybe where, hey, you know, let's look run first and, you know, and still they until they start hitting a couple of passes, maybe that, you know, we'll focus on it a little bit more then? No. Um, no. <laughs> so here, look, when you, when you, you look at the Colts, here's the thing you, you see Phillip rivers, he has four touchdowns, three interceptions. You're like, what the hell happened? He's completing like 72% of his passes and he's averaging 8.1 yards in attempt. That's really, really high level stuff. Um, and I, I, I do think the Browns need to stop the run first, uh, because the, the Colts running game is not really good. Like it's, pretty mediocre and you're sitting there and you're going, why isn't it good? Their offensive line is playing well. The running back is playing reasonably well uh, in, in Jonathan Williams or Jonathan Taylor. Taylor from Wisconsin. And you're sitting there going, why is he only averaging 3.8 yards a carry? And I don't know. I, I really don't like the You, you look at everything they have. You look at Quentin Nelson, you look at uh, Ryan Kelly, you look at, uh, Glowinski and and you know the right tackle is not having a a as good of a year as he has in the past, but they've got more than enough to move the ball and it just hasn't happened. They've been relying on the passing game, so I do think the Browns need to stop the run first because you don't want to be the team where suddenly uh, they get it going. Because again, I think it's a matter of when, not if. Uh, it, it genuinely is confusing why it's not happened yet, but. The guy I look at and go, this guy is going to kill us if things don't get better, is uh, Mo Alley-Cox. He is 6'5", 267 Uh pounds at tight end. He's leading their team in receptions and yards, and it just feeds into everything that the Browns have not done well. And everybody goes, well, they can't cover the tight end. No, they can't cover the middle of the field. Uh, The Cowboys... You know, Dalton Schultz, I guess, had a couple plays, but it wasn't because he's a tight end. It's because they couldn't defend the middle of the field at all, and they almost gave up a 27-point lead as a result, almost entirely uh, because of being uh, the middle of the field. The the cover three scheme they kept running allowed Terrence Mitchell to sort of tackle the pass, and he did a really nice job with it. Uh, that you know he would they would get receptions underneath, and he would tackle them and force them to to keep going. But then they would just go down the middle of the field and just butcher them. Linebackers, safeties, not playing well at all. And it, to me, uh, the the scheme is not the problem. I I I I don't know what's going to happen with this, but I I just look at the personnel. Um, I, I keep pointing to the fact that Andrew Sandejo was not brought here to play free safety, and yet we're still insisting he plays free safety all the time. And I assume that's about trust in making the calls, but with, with Mo Alley Cox, I, I look at six, five, 257 pounds 
And I think the only guy that has like a matchup, uh, like chance with that in terms of just physical dimensions, puncher's chance, absolutely. At safety is Ronnie Harrison because he's six three, you know, a little over two hundred ten pounds. You know, Sione Takitaki is physically about right to match up with him, but you know, I it, it, I know they've been sort of easing Harrison in, and he's not a free safety. He's a strong safety. That's fine. That's exactly what you need him to do in this case. And it may be a situation where you're just rolling three safeties down, and you just put uh, Ronnie Harrison in there and say. There's Mobile Cox. You go find him every single play and cover him. And that doesn't mean he's going to be the only guy doing it. I just, I, I, it's going to be a challenge if you're trying to, you know, just cover him with a, a traditional safety. I, I think they're going to have to do some things to improve upon that situation. But uh, they have to be better in the middle of the field because they're giving up 31.5 points per game, uh, which is among the worst in the league. The, the, the teams that are giving up at the same amount or more than the Browns are combined 2-18. and 18. Um, The Browns have scored 39.3 points per game in their wins. I mean, that's, you know, I would love that to be the, the, the situation the whole year. It's just not sustainable. Um, and, and this week could be, uh, you know, where that comes to fruition, where you're sitting there going, we have to find a way to create points. And, we, and the Browns just can't give up, you know, 30 points because they can't deal with anything in the middle of the field. So that's all before mentioning T.Y. Hilton, who is very good, very talented, very fast. Um, you know, he is uh, – he, 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 you know, he's the guy that as much as the Browns want to play cover three and keep things in front of them, I, uh, I think they're going to have to be aware at least – that he's a guy who could potentially catch the ball underneath and then, you know, make a guy miss and suddenly he's off to the races. So that's that's of a concern. But to me, it starts with Mo Ali Cox in the middle of the field. And, you know, Ronnie Harrison with 11 snaps last week and, you know, graded out very well. And maybe this is where you were slowly graduating him to. Sheldrick Redwine in Pete, I know you love cryptic tweet season. Um, with the hands praying, um, Carl Joseph did appear on the injury report today. Who knows what to make of that? Um, but look, the safety play to this point of Sendejo, of Joseph, it's not really been, I mean, anything to call home about. Obviously, you know, and you're talking about, you know, with Sheldrick, where you're talking about with Ronnie Harrison, players that are a decade, a decade pretty much younger than Andrew Sendejo. No knock to him. And again, go back to the screenplay last week. Um, go back to the forced fumble and you keep him and, you know, it's almost like a, you know, nickel backer is more where Andrew Sandejo makes his money and expect him to do this at his age. And when he was never a great athlete to begin with, again, don't put players in bad positions. And again, the touchdown to CD lamb was not his fault. Obviously, you know, Carl Joseph, and you know, this is where it's a little bit of a head scratcher. Pete is, you know, you talk about things with, we're not sure why red wine's playing. Um, you hear things with, you know, Harrison, you know, we see, we're just trying to get him, ingratiated in the system, blah, 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 blah. But then you have Carl Joseph playing, who has been here, missed a ton of time over the summer, obviously with being at, in and out of practices, you know, on the pitch count that he was on, and he's blowing assignments. Um, maybe it's time to, 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 to switch it up somewhat here and, and try something different because uh, you, at this point, look, the cornerbacks, you're getting healthier. Um, 
you know, you got to the point where now MJ Stewart is involved and it was a smart thing to, hey, just get your feet wet, get some confidence, you know, blitz a couple of times. Uh, Kevin Johnson was healthy last week, but barely played, um, which is showing how deep that group may have been. I don't know if we'll ever see Greedy Williams again, healthy or not. Who the hell knows at this point? But you want to see some improvement. And, you know, the look, you can understand sometimes you're going to be outmanned. But the mental lapses, and I talked about this last week, and they got over it because they hung a bunch of points in the first 40 minutes or so of that game. But you at least want to – look, if you get beat, you get beat. But at least have guys in the right position, and let's not just have these you know absolute gimmies given. Granted, not everybody's running out what the Dallas Cowboys are at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, And Dak Prescott, obviously a light years better of a quarterback than where Phillip Rivers is right now. But you just you got to try something here to improve this. And I'm assuming, Pete, and I'm sure I know you agree with me on this one, is we're probably going to see as long as Jacob Phillips's body is ready for it, Jacob Phillips to have a, a big tick in the snap count this week. I hope so. I like Jacob Phillips. I uh, continue to think he's sort of their best option there. He, he understands what he's looking at uh, and, and plays well. But, the, you know, they – I, I don't know where where what his status is with his injury. I mean, I'm genuinely amazed he was out there in the first place, given what we saw a couple weeks ago. We never really it's got still so weird. We went through every step of Mac Wilson's injury, and Jacob Phillips. We never heard a peep, and then all of a sudden it was, you know, active on Sunday, ready to go. It was like yeah, oh, there's been no real man. indication what he actually did. Um, and and everybody. The only know. thing I got. The only thing I got, and I won't say the name because he promised for me not to say it was smaller scale injury to what Mac Wilson went through. That's all I got. So uh, meanwhile, you know, they're talking about Mac Wilson getting a, a bigger role. I, I don't know what that looks like. I, I still have not seen him do anything. Um, you know, I know I, I keep getting sample size, uh, points, but, uh, I, I don't get it. Um, but, uh, none of their linebackers are playing well other than Malcolm Smith in coverage, which is really good. Actually, it's, it's mm-hmm. nice that we have, we get to see one guy who can kind of cover. The problem is there's usually two of them on the field and we're not to that point where we can just roll dime <laughs> and get, uh, you know, get one of those guys off the field. Uh, because Sione Takitaki still can't cover, can't cover you, uh, let alone an NFL player at this point. Um, And nobody else has really stepped up. So, you know, if, if the Browns could just basically decide that they're comfortable just rolling dime and, and, you know, if it's Ronnie Harrison, if it's Sheldrick Redwine, if it's any of these guys and just, you know, getting a linebacker off the field because they're awful, um, that seems like a step in the right direction. To this point, they've been really stubborn with their personnel. <clears throat> and I, I'm i curious how this would <clears throat> look if the Browns had like lost three games and had only one win, if, so, if there would be more um, changes than there have been, that the, the fact that they're winning is sort of providing some cover for them to sort of sit tight with what they've got. Uh, I just don't know what, you know, what 
it, anyone expects to see that's suddenly going to be better at some of these things uh, with linebacker and it, with Sandejo as a true free. Again, that was not why he was signed to come here. He was try, assigned to play in the slot. It's, it, it, I think your best bet would be Redwine going to free uh, and Sandejo playing the slot um, and, and, and potentially getting more Ronnie Harrison on the field, uh, to, especially in – in more obvious past situations. Uh, I, I don't think Ronnie Harrison needs to be a full-blown starter at strong, um, but you know, they, they just need more. And if it means rotating some guys, if it means more specific package personnel, that's fine, but they're, they're, it's just not going to work uh, if this keeps up the way it's going. It's time to, you know, at least, you know, work these guys in more and it, Look, you know, I mean, at this point, you know, hey, if they're better athletes, maybe try that approach because, you know, what you got right now, it is certainly, uh, you know, it, it, it's, you know, not reaping the benefits and you can't expect the offense to, you know, can, you know, to continue on this scoring pace, you know, to cover the deficiencies you have in that back seven. Look, the defensive line, outstanding at this point, um, but there's going to come weeks and this certainly could be one where they're not, maybe they're not going to be able to give you you know, the production and cause the turnovers that you've got been accustomed to here over the last couple of weeks. Um, this certainly would be one next week is certainly one, another week where you're going to pinpoint it, where you're just going to need better. And again, I'm going to stress it, tackle, 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 tackle. It's week five. I don't care about the abbreviation of, you know, no OTAs. I don't care about the abbreviation of the summer. You've been at it now for, you know, damn near two full months. Um, break down, tackle, see guy, hit guy, bring guy to the ground. It's essential. It's that's just to the point we're at here. We'll get to our final segment here. Just some overall game thoughts. Um, you know how and if they can, will the Browns pull this one off? As we continue, you're locked on Browns pregame show, your Friday edition. As the Browns will kick it off 4:25 Sunday at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Whether it's iTunes, whether it's Spotify, make sure you are subscribed to Locked On Browns. Make sure you are leaving five-star ratings. Make sure you are leaving those written reviews, please. And thank you to everybody. And get yourself geared up for all Browns action every weekend, every week. Zabo Apparel, the fine folks in Vermilion. Uh, Brian and his family do a fantastic job. Great products, hoodies, long-sleeve tees. That is the best part of the early fall weather is graduating towards you know your hoodie season and your long sleeve t-shirt season pete i just the more i look at this and look you can look at what the colts do well and i think they're comfortable in their own skin but i look at this and these browns skilled players i i just i see that this should be one and it's not a knock on the colts the way they're playing this should be one they should be able to pull out here um, and cause I don't think it's going to be a high scoring affair. I would say, you know, you know, 23, 19, a game of that nature is what I've been talking about this week, but you need, you know, and it could be something where Odell gives you a day, or it could be something with David and Joku back where you finally get that breakout week from this tight end group who have the potential. And it, it, it's not that they haven't, they've been playing poorly. It's it's just that we figured and anticipated much more production from them. And you're going to have to find some way. And, you know, Dearness Johnson is going to get a role here because I don't think the Browns want to tire Kareem Hunt out 
and then be able to offer nothing uh, in the receiving game from the running back position. Um, plus the fact that he's you know still nursing this groin injury, so they're going to be smart and diligent about that. But you know maybe this is the week where we finally get you know a tight end combination of you know eight, nine, ten catches over a hundred yards, a touchdown or two between the three of them. Well, look, I mean, the Browns have a substantial amount of talent um, skill-wise, uh, yeah, and, and they're not going to just ride Kareem Hunt unless uh, Dearness Johnson forces them into that situation by you know not playing well. And I, I don't expect Dearness Johnson to just be able to rattle off you know another ninety-five eight. exactly, uh, but he's going to have to be able to get something. Um, you have only one back. Uh, they just need him to be able to contribute, you know, even if it's settling for, you know, four yards per carry, uh, which would be fine. Um, they need to get something out of him so they can have Kareem Hunt do the, all the things they want him to be able to do at a high level. Uh, so, you know, with receivers and stuff like that, they, they, they enter a lot of games with an advantage they, because they, they they can just put their guys all over the field and somewhere they're going to have a matchup that's good for them. In this case, you know, Rocky Sin may be a guy that uh, gives them some opportunities because, you know, he's okay. He's not playing great. Uh, Ronnie Moore or Kenny Moore, whatever it is, uh, is an okay, okay slot defender. He's not great. And again, their safeties are, are re- reasonably well balanced, but they're not, you know, they're not great cover guys by any stretch. So, you, you know, every every play, you you should have some advantage somewhere. And obviously, you know, there, there's some, we talk about wide receiver three and seeing things like, you know, is it going to be Donovan Peoples-Jones? Are we going to see Richard Higgins? I doubt it unless he starts blocking. Um, are they going to you know, just use all their tight ends, which would not surprise me in the least because they can easily dictate personnel and create some matchups. But in any case, on any given play, they should have a matchup which they can potentially exploit, which makes your life far easier because at that point you're no different than uh, on on defense with Miles Garrett. Uh, it's going to be uh, Braden Smith as the turd this year or this game uh, that uh, they they can do the same thing with their offense, looking at their defense, who's the turd? Is it Rocky Sin? Is it one of those safeties? Is it, you know, is it one of those linebackers? Regardless, you know, you find that spot, you pick on it, you manipulate your personnel to be able to exploit that as much as possible. And you keep feasting until they find a way to stop it. And even if they do, you know, all they're going to do is, you know, send more assistance to the area, which just creates much more, you know, opportunities for whoever it is on the defensive line. Um, Anthony Costanzo apparently wasn't even out at practice today. So, I mean, you probably pretty much can pencil him in as out. Um, and, you know, he was a tough spot because, you know, he was really contemplating whether or not he was even going to come back this year. And then he was another one really, really toeing the line about whether he was going to play this season, you know, during the whole COVID crisis. And, you know, there's the old phrase of, you know, once you actually mention the word retirement in your mind, maybe you're 50 to 75% there. Um, and so, you know, you just take miles and exactly you find the spot and, and, and guess what, um, you know, <laughs> just let him eat because that's exactly where you're at right now, wherever you put him left side, right side. And there's still the opportunities to keep him and kick him inside, which he's ridiculous on as well. 
special talent, um, generational type of guy here as far as a defensive lineman for this you know, Browns franchise. Just continue to use it, continue to exploit it. Pete, gun to your head when we sit down here about 7.30 Sunday night. Browns have beaten the Indianapolis Colts, yes or no? Uh, I've got the Colts, uh, and, and it's because I, I don't have any confidence right now that they're going to stop. Uh, they're going to do enough defensively in the middle of the field. Uh, I don't foresee the Colts just giving them the ability to score you know, near 40 points, and if, if it becomes a little bit of a slugfest, I, I can see them finding opportunities to, to – to, Get Mo Ali Cox or whoever in the middle field and taking advantage. And, and until they address that, it's very hard for me to feel super confident. I think the Colts are a little bit more sound, even if they don't have it, it, as many playmakers. I think they're they are better. They don't have as nearly. I don't think they have the strengths the Browns do, but they don't have as many weaknesses either. So good. Way, I, I, that's that's where I'm at, I, and I'm happy to be wrong as I was with the Cowboys. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I just think the Browns just have too much at the skill positions, everybody. I, I just, and, you know, and again, look, you if you want to play good ball, you want to play winning ball, you want to play football in January, it's not one positional group that's going to take you there. It's not one individual player that's going to take you there. It's going to be a week in, week out thing where somebody's going to need to play above what they've shown. And you know, maybe this week it could be a Rodney Harrison. Maybe it could be Sheldrick Redwine, which wouldn't be much to do because Sheldrick hasn't really got an opportunity to play here. Um, could it just Odell, you know, getting back to the Odell Beckham that the NFL is used to? Or is it finally this tight end group having their breakout game where they can put a stamp on it? Um, I just I really feel it's here this week. And I just think with that being this much better at the skill group on the offensive side of the ball. And the fact that the Colts have not had to deal with nearly this amount of firepower that the Browns have between the wide receiver group, the tight end room, the running back room, minus Nick Chubb. And again, for the hundredth time, I am not doubting the presence and the strength of a Nick Chubb gives you. Um, it's simple. It's easy. We know what Nick is, but it doesn't mean that, you know, it's essentially empty after Nick Chubb. <clears throat> This has been your Locked On Browns pregame show. Um, for Pete Smith and the team over at Browns Digest to just continue week in, week out, day in, day out. They're pumping out fantastic content. Make sure you're following at Browns Digest on Twitter. Make sure you're checking everything out, Brian's, uh, Browns Digest through SI.com. Make sure you're following the little brother at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, the show itself at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. Follow back account. As you guys know that, DMs are open. Questions, ideas, you just want to chat. I'm around uh, a little bit less during the daytime right now, but, you know, I usually try to get back to Ollie as much as I can. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, and with that, um, we'll talk to you. Um, I'll get you guys out some uh, Google News hits tomorrow when we get a final injury report, that type of stuff. My final thoughts before we, you know, tow it up 425 on Sunday versus the Colts. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.